0: Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. You love your team. You trust them to do what's best for your business. They never damage your property or steal from you. But more often than not, they leave the door wide open for cybercriminals to come in and do just that. They are the primary accessories to cybercrime. Of course, it's not always intentional, but it's true nonetheless. In this episode of Cybersecurity Simplified, we'll talk about how your employees are unwittingly putting your business at risk and some simple steps to stop it. I'm your host, Susanna Song, Director of Communications at Highwire Networks.
1: And I'm Dave Barton, Chief Technology Officer.
0: And this is a good one, David, because in my short time at Overwatch, uh just learning about cybersecurity, there's one major lesson that I cemented in my brain that employee negligence is oftentimes a company's biggest liability. Can you break that down? Like, how does we think about hackers like in the previous episodes, you know, that they're, you know, conspiring, but More often than not, it's happening within our, just within our employee base.
1: So, yeah, you know, this, this topic is fun in that um, there's some controversy around it, A, right? So the controversy is there, there is a subset of security practitioners who will tell you that investing in teaching your people security hygiene is, is worthless. And I, I vehemently oppose that position. And we're going to talk about awareness, but at the end of the day, bad guys aren't necessarily doing anything ingenious. They are sending and and they're appealing to your interest and your want to be helpful, right? So if you think about, for example, a phishing attack, right? So they send you an email that says, hey, Susanna, um, this is Mark, our CEO. Um, I need you to transfer money. To this, and if you, being Susanna, even if you haven't seen a request like this before, you may look at this from line and it says, you know, Mark Porter, and in your head you're thinking, okay, this is legit. But if if you're not trained to look a step farther, that it's Mark Porter at abcnetworks.com, <laughs> right? You may go ahead and transfer that money. I can yeah, tell I you, I,
0: Well,
1: yes, right. I work for a company. Um, and we, we had software around email security and I got a call from one of our account reps who was, who had a customer on the other end, who was mad as hell because our product didn't keep them from making a mistake. So I got on the phone with him and he says, yeah, I got this email and it looked like it was from my CEO and I transferred $300,000. Yikes. And your product didn't stop it. And I had the, the sales rep on the call with me. And I said, I'm sorry, sir, but we can't stop stupid. <laughs> and he, there was a pause. And, and the sales guy's like, I know what he's thinking. He's mad at me because I'm being blunt. And I said, sir, have you ever got a request from your CEO like this before? No. Do you have a process whereby you might validate something like this? No. And I said, there's not an email product in the world that would have saved you because you are responsible for making some additional checks. We did our best. We presented it to you. In fact, if you looked in the very top, it says this came from an external email address. Did that not resonate? So the point is he wanted to be helpful. In this case, he cost them money because they didn't get it back. And if you listen to one of our earlier episodes, that's where we brought the FBI in, who then brought in this the Secret Service because it was a financial issue. Um, but our employees are our biggest asset. But if we don't teach them, they can be our biggest weakness. So I think it's a great topic.
0: Yeah, and so we've discussed hackers take different shapes, right? Different forms. You've got your employees who um, unintentionally become in a way um, we call accessories to these hackers because they're clicking on links or um, opening emails they think are coming from their bosses or from a coworker. So how do you prevent your own employees from making stupid mistakes?
1: So I I don't know if you can prevent it, Um, but you can educate and then you can put some controls in place to maybe help. So, you know, fundamentally, we have insider threats. And really what we're talking about, Susanna, is insider threats, right? These are people inside your network, typically, and they fall in three categories. They fall in the intentional, I'm I'm somebody who's disgruntled and I want to take data or I want to do something malicious. So those people, you have controls in place and you have to have visibility and hopefully you get to see that. You have unintentional, which is the CFO that I just talked about, Mm -hmm. right? He wanted to be helpful. His boss said, I need help. I need you to transfer money. So he did. Now, there should have been some education for him, right? And I'm quite confident he'll never do that again. But the point is still valid. He unintentionally did something that caused an issue. And then I think the third is you have bad guys who are impersonating people. Right. So if I'm a hacker and I steal your credentials, Susanna, I log in as you. And now I start to take, take things, take data, uh, steal intellectual property, maybe issue some checks to my little holding company I built on the side to get paid. Um, those are the three primaries. And then, you know, the fourth is really your nation state people. But the, the three insider threat categories are those three. Now, there are ways to help protect those. And I think all of it starts with education. You know, unlike that, uh, those other people who think training our people is a mistake, I've seen significant decrease in clicking on phishing by giving people periodic, fun, educational training around what not to do, right? Teach them, right? Uh, our whole lives we're learning. And if we're not learning how to identify bad behavior, we're going to fall victim to it. So let's teach everybody. Let's focus on that. There's a a company I know that um, they do quarterly fishing, for example. And if you as an employee click on one of those links, Mm -hmm. oh, don't laugh. You lose some of your bonus. If you click on a link twice in a year, and, and they're very good at what they do, they're gonna in the second time you lose your entire bonus. It's crazy. But their click rate is very, very low because you know, they're educating, but then they've got this hammer over their head that says, if you do this, it's going to cost
0: you. What does so Overwatch think, offer?
1: <clears throat> so we offer security awareness training, uh, which I mentioned earlier. We we make it fun, educational. It's very short, right? So part of the challenge with security awareness training is people try to boil the ocean, and they give you 15 topics, and you have an hour to do it. And And honestly, after two or three minutes, most people check out. Even if there's a quiz at the end, they're really not engaged, and they're not going to retain it. But if you can make something clever, funny, entertaining, and you're teaching them best practices around security, they're likely to retain it because it's funny, right? we We remember things that make us smile and and bring us joy or you know something educational and and using those approaches. So that's what we do. We offer that to our partners. Who then offer it to their end customers?
0: You know, what are some of the basic bad habits that you've seen? Uh, you've been a CEO for many years, uh, probably different. You know, I know different um, companies that you've worked for. I guess. What are some of the top uh, bad behaviors that you think hackers really take advantage of?
1: You know, the easiest one, and and probably the most common one, is bad passwords. I I used to work for Sprint in Kansas City, and every quarter I did a password assessment on 70,000 employees. So I would take the entire password file and I'd run it through a cracker, and then I would generate reports and I'd go back to those organizations and I'd say, here's what your people are using for passwords, right? And if you failed the first time, we'd give you just an advisory, hey, you need to fix this. If you failed the second time, we would send a note to your boss, and the third time, we'd send it to your VP. But the funny thing, Susanna, was, uh, can you imagine what the number one password
0: was? Password one, two, three?
1: No, it was sprint one, two, three. Oh, God. They all work for sprint, right? Guess what the second one was? Remember where they're headquartered?
0: Sprint four, five, six? No,
1: they're headquartered in Kansas City. So chiefs, huge football fans, right? right? We had a big relationship with the NFL. And so you had password one, two, three, you had sprint, a derivative of sprint and you had chiefs as the the top three. Do you think those are hard to guess? No, they're not hard at all. So that's one of the number one things that we can do that to protect our employees is force them to use stronger passwords.
0: So to, in today's day and age, with uh, two-factor, multi-factor authentication, because th- remembering a password and you have so many passwords to remember for personal, professional, you know, your phone, different <laughs> apps you have, what um, kind of what is the new way to be secure with passwords? Can you just rely on multi-factor or two-factor authentication?
1: So I'd like to say yes, but I always recommend that you come up with a model to remember passwords. So for example, let's say you're a Denver Broncos fan, which I happen to be and despite the fact that we're having a terrible season so far, but let's say you're a big Bronco fan. You could have a password methodology that says Denver and you use upper lower and you substitute, but then underscore um, the name of the website or email or gmail or google or bank of america right but you start to i call it a seed value versus trying to remember 50 passwords if you know your seed and you know where you're going then your seed is always the same but the end of it's different or if you're more secure and maybe your seed's in the middle and you know at the or Maybe your seed is two words, but in the middle is the name of the site. So you could have a password that says um, Nash. I live in Nashville. Nash underscore at t underscore Ville, right? But it's something you know that's relevant to you. Some people will say, well, pick pick a quote that you love and it's ten or 10 or 15 characters and use that. Well, that works too, but it's a little harder and you end up on some websites that don't support all of the upper/lowercase special characters that you use. So find a seed that you can remember, right? Maybe it's your 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 son's first name and then the name of the the, the AT and T and then your daughter's name, right, or something. But something you can remember that you can change. This leave the seed the same, but change the middle or change the end or the beginning, depending on how you decide to implement it. But but make it easy, you know. Maybe maybe it's your your middle name. Right, upper, lower case, special character, and then an underscore in the name of the website. But do something that you can remember, or if that's more complicated for folks, you know there are really good password tools out there that can help you remember. Uh, that are free. They store them. They put them on your phone. That worries me though. Well, don't don't go to one that's hosted in Russia. Um, <laughs> But but there are some out there that are very good at that, and they've been through all the testing and certification and those kind of things, and, and they're worth a look.
0: All right. Well, all great advice, David. Thank you so much. Um, if you are listening and your employer doesn't offer um, security awareness training, please feel free to reach out. As David said, the one that um, our company currently uses is great. It's short. Um, it's quarterly. It, um, it's fun animation videos and uh, definitely stays on top of current events. So I love it. Personally, I've learned a lot. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for uh, participating in today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you have feedback uh, about today's podcast or have any questions for David or myself, feel free to reach out. And be sure to join us for our next episode. Why is... Uh, Cybercrime surging in the coronavirus. David touched on it a little bit, but we'll get into the details and some good stories in our next episode. Until next time, I'm Susanna Song.
1: And I'm Dave Barton.
0: And you're listening to Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcast.